0: Uh, hello, uh welcome to the next episode of the Challenger TV podcast. We have a few things that we wanted to mention before we get into the usual previewing and recapping. Uh one thing though, at the time of recording, Challenger TV is still down, and it has been down for like over a day by this point, which is um I think the, the semifinals in San Luis Potosi was the first thing that wasn't shown. Of course it wasn't um, you know, um this, this is simply some sort of an error rather than, uh, it being down and it's going to stay like that. I actually got a message from the media manager today that, uh, he's going to alert people to do it. I'm not angry at him because, well, he is on vacation apparently, but I, I have to say that there is really, uh, something absolutely brainless that they've been doing and it's, uh, the fact that yesterday the ATP Challenger Tour Twitter account uh, posted a link to the Barrios Vera, um, Kepfer final, and the link, of that course, doesn't sure. work. Yeah, as, as the whole Challenger TV. Oh <laughs> my god! And uh, you know, a few people in the in the comments, including myself, just yeah, noted that. Hello, but the link doesn't work. Why is there no stream? What are the problems? Can we get some kind of explanation? And of course the account, despite posting a few times since and using the footage from the final, so they have it somehow, uh, using footage from, you know, the match point, they still haven't replied to anything. And this has been a, this has been uh, something that with this account has been going on for a long while. And yeah, it just pisses me off the, the, the sort of, um, yeah, they will never reply. I, I'm not saying they have to reply to everyone like people people probably write some uh awful stuff in the comments as well, etc. but when something like this happens, I think we sort of uh you know deserve an explanation and, and yeah posting a link to a dead Challenger TV is just uh yeah. Uh, that, that's that's really all I have to say. And and this account has been led like this for a long, long while. Right now, it's pretty active because there there's definitely been moments when it was also like not posting anything. It's pretty active. Uh, the quality of the posts, I would say, is okay. Um, sometimes they post like very random points and explain. You know, you're not gonna get. Uh, clicks like that because they're like you know uh, a, a plus one winner or something but at, le- at least it's active It that's good but um yeah it, it wouldn't really hurt you to just uh be more mindful about what's going on with this with the streaming issues especially uh, so yeah that, that's what i wanted to say and now i think we have a few players from the sort of challenger spectrum that have um impressed on the atp tour and especially one of them who achieved some pretty monumental feats
1: yeah so i I just i just wanted to mention that i have uh i just use betting streams so i didn't even notice that there was anything wrong or Mm. off because all the streams were shown so i think they they have the footage yeah you can you can still
0: watch it uh you can still watch it but most viewers won't know that right like most people are just tuning into challenger tv like since yesterday i've gotten like 10 or 15 messages from people just asking what's going on and all, all to all of them i just had to say i inquired about it and that's all I can really do. So,
1: but yeah, let's get to our players. We had three players that we, that we see quite often on the Challenger Tour have pretty big success. Let's start with the Marrakech final where we had Roberto Carpares-Bayna win, win that 250 at 30 years old. Despite being not that good this year at all, uh, he comes into Marrakech. He was the second ATP title after winning Quito uh, back in 2018. He dropped a set in every single full match that he played. He had a, like early retirement for Buzmanov But other than that, every single match he dropped a set. Uh, he's up to number 51, which is highest than he's ever been, which is great to see. And in that final, he beat Alexander Muller, who, who is much more of a, of a challenger tour player. Uh, somebody that has now emerged and broken through to the top 100, which is something that we weren't expecting from him anytime soon, I don't think. Uh, but yeah, so what, what did you think of these two actors of the of the Marrakech final that we that we had this week?
0: Yeah, I, I definitely personally really like the fact that Carbajez Baena got the second ATP Tour title. Uh, you know, over the years he has improved his game so much, even though in Quito 2018 his run was probably more impressive. And you couldn't really tell in this final that, um, you know, he was the guy who already has been there before. Like, they were both just absolutely nervous. Um, Almost all the matches in the latter stages of Marrakech had some blatant pushing in them. Miller-Kotov was just abysmal as well. And uh, I guess that's fair. I mean, all of them were just... Uh, they knew what oppor- what sort of opportunity is in front of them. I was maybe expecting the, that Carpheus-Bajna would play better, given the fact that he already has an ATP Tour title. But clearly, he really wanted this too. Um, as you said, I don't think we were expecting it for Miller. We started talking about it like a month ago when he reached the Waco final. I think he even said that he's pretty likely to get there. Um, it was always going to be like a bit of a you know race to get there before Blois. Uh, but even if we thought that he was going to, because well, um, in the clay season he had pretty much nothing to defend until middle of June. So Blois he's made the challenger title, but um, we probably thought it was going to be more like you know challengers run uh, <laughs> rather than an ATP 250 final. Was it one of the worst ATP 250s in a year? Definitely. Still, uh, he's gotten some amazing wins recently. Musetti, um, um, Botti, Van de uh, Gasquet in this event as well. And uh, yeah, fair play to him for maximizing his potential. Um, now he gets a chance to show whether he can stick around on the ATP Tour. It is kind of doubtful, uh, but you know, I I wouldn't put it past him. I guess at this point, you know, over the past month or so, he's definitely been. I don't know if playing at the top 100-ish level, but definitely getting results that would uh, warrant this. So, yeah, just fair play to him for sure.
1: Yeah, it, it, it's definitely correct to say that this was one of the weakest 250s that you'll see this year. Uh, we also have Kotov reaching the semis there. We had like Vavasori made the quarterfinals and stuff. Just It was just all over the place. Uh, but even more all over the place was the Houston, it was the Houston tournament. Which was like on the brink of getting cancelled because they still had a round one match uh, going into Friday, I think. Yeah. The last few games of personal yeah. admirer were finished on Friday, yes. They essentially played the entire tournament over the weekend with the round of 16 and quarterfinals on the Saturday, and then semis and final on the Sunday. And in that final was Thomas Martin Echeverri. His first ATP final, he's now up to number 59 in new career high ranking. Uh, very competitive in that final as well against TFO. But yeah, what did you think of event this week?
0: Yeah, cool. I mean, this is already his second ATP final. Um, we were sort of thinking that probably the Golden Swing was, was going to be a better surface. But I think with all his recent like hardcore improvements as well, how heavy the forehand is, you know, the serve um how well he's been serving uh it makes sense that on this green cl- no, i mean red clay but hard true in houston uh he he was going to, to have around like that as he said a pretty crazy event but um it could have got it could have gone much worse uh <laughs> right now it looks just really stupid that tommy paul withdrew from monte carlo because he lost in the second round right after that but of course only like him and tfo i think were affected so it could have been worse uh but um yeah um we're not gonna watch Thomas Martineceri on on, uh, on the Challenger tour probably this spring. Maybe we're gonna watch him in the second half of the year or something, but now is when he gets to uh, play you know just a full um European clay court schedule and and that's amazing because he actually has pretty much nothing to defend. So um we'll, well you know even though we want we would want to watch him on the challenge a bit more uh, we don't want to hold him back and i would certainly love to see uh, a bigger run from him uh, in in one of the upcoming like you know barcelona madrid whatever he's gonna play i think he barely missed out on monte carlo but of course with this run in houston maybe he wouldn't have played it anyway um, um yeah and i guess that that's really it uh, alexander miller is like uh, the fifth uh, top 100 break for this year right uh, after Purcell, uh, Eubanks, Wu, and um Panache, I think I think he's the fifth. Uh so we're right to
1: me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And um yeah, let's let's get going then. We had free challenger 75. So you know, Jakub, you have all the
1: freedom in choosing where we're gonna start. Okay. Let's start in Battle Etab, where we had the the most uh, surprising winner for sure, Shintaro Mochizuki. Beating San Diego Rodriguez Taverna 6164 to win his first challenger title, his first professional title, having never made the semifinals of a challenger before. Uh, He became the the fifth player born in 2003 to win a challenger after Alcaraz, Rune, Nati, and Medjatovic. This week he beat Federico Arnabodi, Juan Bautista setores, took out Jombor Piros in the quarterfinals, beat Agamenone in three sets in the semis, and then really good performance in the final. Up 60 spots over 216. What do you think of Mochizuki this week?
0: Yeah, um, he's only had like three Challenger quarterfinals, I think, one of them this year, uh, yeah. before before this, before this run. Um, definitely a player who has some great hands, you know, just the, the feel for the ball is amazing. Um we've talked about it, I think, even this year, that uh, there's that sort of trend of Asian youngsters coming up where they're amazing in the juniors. And then, uh, because of yeah, just physical reasons, they they tend to fall behind a bit. Uh, this is of course huge for Mochizuki because he's not going to be able to play like around Garros qualifying. Um, probably clay wasn't really like his surface of choice before uh, as well. Uh, he was uh, a Wimbledon juniors champion in the you know, he was a Wimbledon champion in the juniors. Um, I remember uh, when he played the Qualys two years later, and he like played a fantastic match against Gaston, and then got crushed by Greek Sport in 46 minutes. And that's sort of that the, you know what he's still doing. Like when you don't have the power to, um, yeah, just keep him behind, he can actually start using these hands and. Uh, Rodriguez Taverna, I guess you could say, has you know that 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 huge forehand, but in the final he would, just wasn't firing at all, and it was actually quite fun to watch Mochizuki, which most of the time um, hasn't really been true, especially yeah uh, when he's just forced to uh, be on the defense if uh, or be on the defense constantly, and um, yeah we'll, we'll see what he does with it. Uh, nice that he gets to play Grand Slam qualifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, some pretty big wins this week, you know, when you, when you have to be, uh, when you have, it, it wasn't like in general, the, the whole week wasn't really the strongest when it comes to the Challenger tour, mostly because we had three ATP 250s. But if you have to beat Torres, Pirosh, Agamemnon and Rodriguez Taverna in a row, I think that makes for a very, very solid clay court ground.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've we've not really seen that much of him previously at all. So I think it's very exciting to just have a player emerge and show that they can win the title, show, show that they can sort of take take over for a week. Uh, and when that player is 19, of course, it's very exciting to, to see what 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 more there could be from that player. Uh, I just think for, for him, the the most important thing is definitely the ranking because 2016, yeah. that gets you most into most uh, main draws. He still had to play qual- uh, qualifying a couple of times this year. So that should hopefully end for him. Even last as weekend, for... he won
0: three games against Martín yeah. Pujolar. So, yeah, oh not God. playing
1: qualifying is a big <laughs> deal for sure. Yeah, because I mean, this this Challenger qualifying where it's two rounds, it, it, it's very tough. I think you 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 still find some some quality players in there uh, most of the time. Uh, yeah, as for Rodriguez Taverna, it was his third Challenger final. He started with a dramatic win over Benoit Paire, 6 6-4 in the third. Then took out Giacomo Pettini, Andrea Pellegrino and Nicolas David all in straight sets. Uh, on the route to the final, he was up to number 235 in the rankings. What did you think of Rodriguez-Taverna? Yeah, I mean, it's been some tough
0: times for him recently, for sure. Probably even you would say since like the beginning of last year when he had these two amazing runs in in January. Also, I guess at Roland Garros, he played very well, uh, taking two sets of freets in the opening round and qualifying, of course. Uh, But since it's not been great, and uh, yeah, recently he he seems um, you know he dropped to the ITF level a couple of times. Was decently successful. uh, Final quarterfinal loss to Komisanyi Delian, and I guess that that sort of gave him a bit of um, uh, a bit of confidence for this one. And and yeah, when his forehand is firing, he can do it all. Uh, Just very disappointed with how he played in the final, frankly. Uh, midway through the week, I was like, okay, and this is the week Andrea Pellegrino grabs a random title, right? Because it, uh, the draw was opening up. Not, and not it, ki- it, yeah. it kind of seemed like that's, that's going to be his week. And uh, rodriguez Teverna did very well to stop him. Just, yeah, just a shame he did not deliver at all in the final. I mean, the second set was fairly competitive. It was still like not his peak level. Uh, but the opener, he was just absolutely wild in that. Um, so, Yeah. Uh, great week, uh, just a
1: disappointing performance at the end to leave a bit of a
0: sour taste.
1: Yeah, let's move on to our semifinalists. Starting with Aga Menone, who beat uh, McCabe 6-6-1, then got a retirement after five games from Gigante, also beat locally seven five six two. Uh took a set of Mochizuki in the semis, his first Challenger semifinal appearance since November 2022, since Montevideo, so the first one of the season, definitely an important one. In terms of sort of keeping himself in the top two hundred uh, for as long as he can, but yeah, what did you think of Agamemnon this week?
0: Yeah, he was just two and eight before this week with uh, with both uh, match b- both match wins coming in Santiago, uh, Buruchaga and Torres, and making the quarters. Uh, of course, some of that has been due to the fact that he was playing a lot of main tour qualities in the Golden Swing. He played three events, also the Australian Open, of course uh but um yeah he he really needed it for sure and he will need more because well uh that rome title that he got last year somewhat unexpectedly is um going to have to be defended very soon and of course there's also the umak semis in july and without yeah. these two results we wouldn't really be seeing agamemnon in challengers right now probably or like you know at least seeing him in the qualifying for challengers so uh, yeah, there's a lot that Franco Agamemnon needs to do to, to stay in um, with with his sort of uh, insane progression at the age of 27, 28. Uh, I think we sort of expected it at the same time. And uh, yeah, uh, a decent win for over Locoli for sure. And
1: um, McCabe clearly wasn't ready for European clay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's good that Agamemnon has finally gotten going this season. Uh, it's been a bit, uh, not, I mean, very disappointing. Uh, so it's so, good so that he's he's fighting to to keep his, keep his over there. He he has a big job on his hands though, because that's yeah. a lot of points with with and in Rome. Uh, he took some really bad losses uh, this season. He, he lost to Orlando Luz uh, in Vienna del Mar. Lost to Roca in Concepcion. Won only four games against James McCabe in Canberra at the start of the season. This was his revenge match. Uh, against McCabe here, uh, spanked him this time in, in in Italy after McCabe spanked him in Australia. Uh, but yeah, moving on to Yonel. Uh, he beat Piraino, Navona and Diaz to reach his second career challenger semifinal after CBU last year. What did you think of the Romanian?
0: Yeah, uh, recently of course I had the chance to watch him live in Sekesh for Hervar where he played a great match against Medjedovic The guy just makes you play so many balls and is so fast. Uh, that, um, you know, when, whenever he gets this sort of a weaker challenger field, I guess, uh, he's certainly capable of maybe even taking it even further, you know. Uh, he, he also did quite well in Hirona last week, getting a decent match with Munar. Um, I, I was expecting more from Navona there, but he just, yeah, he was just way too consistent for him. Um, still, you know, when he runs into like an opponent who's really peaking or yeah, just someone of a higher class usually doesn't really make it. And that's what's, that's what happened this time as well. But, um, getting a semifinal is of course pretty huge for him as well. I think he's had one before, right? Or maybe like last yeah, year, yeah. but yeah, CBU. last Actually, year's CBU. The, yeah. That the second one. Yeah, that, that that's what I was thinking of. So um he's also like getting pretty close to getting um you know Slam qualifying spots. So uh that's pretty huge for him. He already played um Slam qualifying at the Australian Open, but of course it's like barely hanging on in that's in that group.
1: Uh yeah, and over in the doubles, we had Jacobo Berrettini and Flavio koboli win the win the title together. Uh Berrettini's first challenger title, koboli's second. Uh, in the final, debuts, Denis Kolaj and Denis Molchanov, their second final together in three challengers. Do you want to guess how many Denis Kolaj uh, has uh, challenger doubles finals?
0: Yeah, I, I more or less know how many titles he has. It's like sixteen or something like that. Um, I have no clue how many finals he has.
1: So let's say thirty. This was his thirtieth challenger doubles oh. final. <laughs> Uh, as the collage, the the fifty eighth uh, for Denis Mochinov. was Did I right collage? about the
0: um, was I right about the number of titles that he has? Uh, I think so. I I might have to double check it um, down the. No, I just checked it. It's actually seventeen thirteen now. Ah. So I was one of... So I was lucky, yeah, but <laughs> more or less, you know, if if you know how many finals, uh, how many
1: titles he has, you can sort of guess. For for the most part, yes, but yeah, just, just just so impressive that he keeps playing doubles and being oddly oddly good at it. Yeah, if if he just uh, focuses on doubles, I mean, he
0: could probably try to go for that Ratibatana and almost Zelenay record.
1: It, it wouldn't be outlandish. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still holding out hope that that somebody will drag Zelenite to to a couple more titles. Sergei <laughs> Kirkin did not do it. You were you you were a big fan of that no, pairing yeah. on the last record, and yeah, he did not do it. I I yeah, I just sort of imagined the the, the chord together, and it, it didn't make a lot of sense <laughs> for me. Um, although they they played Barletta, right? Or did they play Barletta, Yeah, this yeah. one, this one, this event, yeah. yeah. Badletta, which, which Zelenai actually won a couple of times in the in the past. So, uh, disappointing showing there from, from Zelenai. But we can now move on to Murcia, where you got your point with Matteo Arnaldi winning the title, beating Bornacoyo 6-4, 7-6 in the final, the battle of the top two seeds there. Uh, for Arnaldi, his third challenger title, his fifth final, all have happened in the past 11 months. Uh, his road started by beating Feliciano lopez six three seven six, 3 uh, then moved on past Kimer uh coming back from a set down, 6-4 in the third, then dealt with Kukushkin and Drung to reach that final, up 14 spots number one hundred and two, twelve 102, 12 points away from the top 100. What did you think of Analdi this week?
0: Yeah, so close to the top one hundred. Uh hopefully he's gonna do it. Um a lot of the stuff that we said last time, or maybe I said because I would guess I was talking more about Arnaldi because I picked him, uh, came true. Like um, you know, the fact that his second round against Copa Jans is probably gonna be like the key match. And if he can get through that, he can probably win the title. Um he was 3-6-0-3 down against Kimmer, I think. In the third set he saved nine nine breakpoints. And uh, not not uh, getting broken at the same time, so it was nine out of nine. Uh, but in general, of course, uh, he is like a, you know at least a bottom tier top one hundred player right now to me. Uh, maybe wasn't a bit of a poor run coming into this one, but it was mostly because of the fact that he played you know hard ATP tour events. Uh, mostly, uh, he lost to Pirosh in Sanremo, but that's not really a bad loss and yeah uh just did exactly what we would uh sort of expect from arnaldi and uh second charger title this year already so um out of all the italians that are that have been pretty close to breaking the top 100 he's the one who seems like he could just do it next week or <laughs> or something like this so um is he playing next week actually i i don't think he is right but no and in the next couple in the next couple of weeks i think he's coming back for barcelona qualifying or something like that
1: could do it there. Uh, as for Bonnagoyo, this was his fourth challenger final, his first one on clay. Uh, he had a fun run beating Alvarez Varona 6-3, 6-2, then had a massive battle against Ivan Gakov, uh, one in a third at tiebreak, which, by the way, Gakov had a very fun run uh, through Monte Carlo qualifying, yes. uh, where he was taken to the bakery by both of his opponents, uh, but persevered and, and ousted Adrian Mandarino and Lucas Vanaj. Uh to to make it through. Uh, and, and he actually plays uh McDonald, which is winnable for yeah him on
0: clay it is very winnable. Maki has like a terrible clay record, yeah.
1: But yeah, back uh to Goyo, he beat De Jong uh in the quarterfinals in three sets, beat Yama's Ruiz in a brilliant match, six four in the third. Uh couldn't win that final but still moved up ten spots number one hundred and seven in the rankings, twenty nine points away from his top one hundred debut. What did you think of Goyo this week?
0: Uh, yeah, out of the top two seats, this is the one we weren't really expecting at this stage, mostly yeah. because, well, it's clay, he's the guy who has a big serve, and then his baseline game you know, is usually so-and-so, but fair play to him, he was actually much more solid than that throughout. Uh, should have taken it to a decider, you know, he was 5-2 and double break up in the second set against Arnaldi. Uh, just completely lost control over his game all of a sudden. Uh, but uh, certainly the best week he's ever had on clay, the best pro run on clay. And uh, if he won the final, I, th- I think he would have been four points away. Now he's 29. So um, it's all looking like Bornagoyo can also break the top 100 very soon. I don't think I had him in, in my top 100 list, but he was like one of the last guys I eliminated. I figured he would pro- probably going to stay like, you know, 130 or something like that. But this year he's actually getting like consistent challenger results. His last three challengers, Monterey final, Waco semi and Murcia final, even on clay. So uh, he's definitely made some progress. He's not only peaking for Croatia anymore so um yeah just uh, great stuff from him and uh looks like it's basically uh it's basically set in stone that he will debut i think like one more run gets him there regardless because um if he can't get there by the french then maybe we can start thinking that there could be some issues for goyo because he's defending um, how many is it second round out of quality? 70 points. Uh, I think 70 points at the French. So mm-hmm. uh, basically before the French Open, he has a very, very nice window. And even after that, he's not defending much until Washington. So um the opportunity is there. It's just whether he's going to be able to step up and take it.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, se- seven points that he defends until the the French Open, yeah. uh, where he yeah second round out of out of qualifying. So
0: basically, one uh, semi at a bigger challenger, one
1: two quarters, something like this gets him there. So. Yep. Yeah, uh, very very highly likely that that like, is going to break the top one hundred soon. As far as semi semi finalists, let's start with Pablo Yamasirois. Uh, who started in qualifying, beating Tabor and Durasovic to make it to the main draw. Then he beat Justino, Shelbay, Lutero Silva to reach the third semi-final of his uh, career at the challenger level, breaking the top 200, top 250 in the rankings. Uh, pushed Koya all the way in that semi. What did you think of Yama's Ruiz this week?
0: Yeah, if he had a serve, I think he would have won that semi. Um, I, maybe some of that was some shoulder injury or something. He seemed, it seemed like, uh, there was something bothering him. But of course, in general, the guy also isn't as, as a very strong server. Uh, he kind of reminds me of Jimeno Valero in that way, you know, that, uh, their baseline games are just absolutely top notch and then they, I mean, Jimeno Valero right now makes like 20 double faults a a match. So it's much worse in his case. But even when he was at the top of his game, um, it was, you know, basically the only issue. And the same goes for Yamas Ruiz. I think uh, such a fun, unique baseline game. Like in terms of the strokes, uh, the, the creativity that he can uh, employ, and uh, yeah, just a shame that he couldn't really um, well play to his uh, to his potential in the semi. Even though from the baseline yeah, he was just excellent and and definitely better than Goyo. but you would expect that uh, at least on clay. Um if if he had a serve, I, I think he was probably making the final. Not sure if he had the chance to you know much of a chance to beat Arnaldi, but a fantastic run for him for sure. And um in general the past couple of weeks, since since the beginning of the clay court season, he's only lost to Goyo, Martinez and Travaglia getting a number of good wins and um should continue to do that um you know in in the weeks to come, provided uh again that he's like fully fit. Uh, I, I don't think he's in Madrid next week, so he probably withdrew from that or something, but uh, hopefully we're going to see him, like, maybe even with a wildcard in Barcelona or Madrid. Um, is it possible? Madrid qualies, probably? Or maybe Barcelona qualies? That would definitely make sense. He's he's
1: one of Spain's biggest prospects right now. Maybe, yeah. I mean, when, when you sort of think of young Spaniards at the, at the moment at, the, at this lower level where they're there's not that much, right? There, there's a lot of
0: on that Challenger ITF um, level, but uh, there's no one who's really like a top, top player. Um, I, I actually chatted with someone uh, about this a couple of weeks ago where if you take out Alcaraz, Spain would be pretty desperate for like a top player. They have a lot of good 20-year-olds like yeah, Jimeno Valero, Yamas Ruiz, Moro and etc. But they're, they don't seem to be you know, talents who can get into like the top 20 in the future or something like that. They, they will be eventually like pretty good players. But, um, you know, if, if not for Alcaraz, they would probably be pretty desperate to to seek someone like that. So um, so, yeah, uh, I think I, mean, I you, think you, the wild cards can be can be for these guys. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you, like, of Alcaras, you sort of have Nadal, Karibu, Star, uh Bautista could also sort of on the decline. You have Davidovich Fekina, who's who's, who's on the rise a little bit back to his career high-ranking. You have Zapata Miralles, who's really improved a lot. Uh, But what interests me is that you have this massive gap here for Spaniards, where you basically have Pedro Martinez at 127 as the 10th Spaniard, and then you don't have anybody until Vadasco at like 240. So they have that area of the ranking absolutely empty. Uh, now you have Jemez moving into that space as a 20-year-old. I, th- I think that he's a brilliant candidate. Uh, but yeah, guys like Tabernet have fallen out of the top 250. And after that, it's like Paul Martín, because Nicolás Álvarez, Verona. So yeah, it, it's actually a really interesting yet that they currently have uh yeah there, there's
0: a lot of good 20 year olds but they are like like we're interested in them but they're not like they, they, they yeah. haven't really appealed to the general public yet maybe you know rincon maybe merida aguilar can do it but it's still uh yeah if not for alcaraz they would actually be kind of desperate right now i think so i mean not not yeah. that any country like um, they would be desperate because they're Spain, because they're such a powerhouse, not yeah, because just, just you a know, job. the generation is weak or something, but yeah,
1: because they're Spain, yeah., uh, let's talk about our second semifinalist in Murcia, who was Marco from Haiti. He started by beating Kyle Edmund, who who dropped down to the challenges and is actually dropping down to an ITF. Yeah, uh, this coming week.
0: Playing today, team. actually, I think. Uh, so uh, if anyone wants to check that out, that stream should be working, unless they put him on a non stream record, <laughs> But that would be very stupid, right?
1: Yeah, un- unlikely. Ho- hopefully, we get to see him play Lingua Lavayen. Uh, but yeah, so so came back from a set down against Edmund. Came back from a set down against Koyarini. Uh, took out Durasovic, who made the quarterfinals as a lucky loser. To reach his first semifinals in Santo Domingo in August last year. So, what did you think of Tronchetti's week?
0: Um, yeah, I watched him against
1: Edmund, and he was zero three down in the decider, but then
0: came back. One of the great fights, you know, that you would expect from Tronchetti that that he's done so um, over the years. And yeah, against Arnaldi, he was still very competitive. So, uh, definitely a nice way to kickstart his clay season. Of course, he's already had one match against honor in Hirona, but like truly get into it he's also defending some points um like the, with the madrid final i think or has it yeah i mean it, it's this week uh madrid i guess was the same uh was the same spot as last week so um yeah next week is gonna be pretty huge for him and then he like never played until um august or something like that so if if he can only play uh more consistent schedule this year, he can also easily keep himself in, like, the top 100, the top 200 or, like, run some qualifying spots. And and the uh, this run is probably one of the um, examples for that.
1: Yeah. Over in the doubles, we had the young pairing of Rincon and Schalbeich two 2003s winning their first challenge doubles title. Very exciting. In the semis, they beat Niklas Salminen and Bud Stevens are number one in the challenger race right now uh, then David Bortolotti and Martos Gornes who are also an, an experienced pairing they've been playing together for for a couple of years now uh, they actually made three semis already this season this was their first final um, yeah over in San Luis Potosi we had Tomas Barrios Vera win the title over Dominic Kepfer 7675 for Barrios Vera, his second challenger title in his seventh final. First one was back in Marbos in August 2021. Uh, it was an interesting run for Barrios Vera, starting with a straight set win over Nick Chappell. Uh, then had a big battle against Eyupovic, all the way to a third set tiebreak. Uh, had to fight against a Perikard Pericard as well, 6-4, 4-6, 6-4. Uh, beat Kipson in the semis and straight sets, though. Uh, moves up 39 spots, over 145. What did you think of Barrios Vera this week? Yeah,
0: um, are Kepfer and Barrios Vera the best two players of the altitude clay swing? I mean, with Kepfer, it's obvious. With with Barrios, I don't know because well, he lost in Mexico City to Kepfer in the second round, uh, but clearly he also enjoyed the conditions a lot. Uh, in general, there was a lot of like the same players getting far, which kind of just yeah. shows you how unique these conditions are. And if you're good in them, you're probably going to be good in them for the next 10 years or so. Um, in the um, uh, quarterfinals in the top half in San Luis Potosi were exactly the same as the semis in Mexico City. Uh, so Kepfer, Neukrist, Koinski, Tirante. And of course, we can also assign Barrios Vera to that group because, well, he only lost to Kepfer in Mexico City. Um, Great brand, of course. Uh, oh, his second challenger title, which is kind of uh, like surprising. Uh, I knew about it because I've already checked it a few times, but um I, I certainly had the feeling that maybe he's won a bit more. And um you know, some, the adversity opportunity...
1: losses as well. Some some, some quite bad losses, hmm? like, like he lost to Dominguez. Colarini, uh,
0: right? Colarini
1: was the other one. Uh, I mean, Dominguez I mean, was definitely the, 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 pretty
0: shocking one. Uh, I think odds wise, he was yeah. like, uh, a massive favorite to win that one. That was the Challenger 50 last year, which was a very, very weak because even all the, um, South Americans were in Europe back then. Uh, but. Anyway, uh, I think there is a reasonable chance for a top 100 push this year from París and that's mostly due to the fact that in 2022, he finished his season in uh, June, at the end of June, so... Uh, he's already back into inside the top 200, even though he only has what six months in his on his ranking. So if he can only keep playing like this, if he can keep adding results like, you know, a main tour quarterfinal in Cordoba, which he had and the semi in Vina del Mar. And of course, the two finals, Piracicaba and San Luis Potosi. And with all the South American challengers, um, at the end of 2023 that we're going to see. Uh, The opportunity, again, I mean, it's there. You still have to win a lot of points to get there. But he is in the top 100 in the ATP race. And that kind of, yeah, just tells you that with his current level, it's certainly not impossible. No one would, like, really pick him to do it before the beginning of the season because we had no clue when he was going to be back. But I I would definitely say that in 2022, there were also moments when he was playing at a top 100-ish level. So, um yeah, uh, excited to see how he tackles it in the second half of the year.
1: Yeah, I mean, so, so he, has, he has this weird situation where he has two finals coming up that he has to defend in May. Uh, but even even with that, he should, he should still keep himself in the top 200-ish or or definitely in, in some qualifying. So that shouldn't be threatened, uh, even if he fails to defend those two runs. So he already has done a very good job. And then it's just open season for the second half of the yeah. year uh i think that in those south american challenges that we get at the in the second half of the season i think he will be a big big factor uh in those so i'm really i'm really excited to to see that as for our semi-finalists let's start with patrick Kippson. did we talk about cap first started... oh I no, don't yeah, think sorry <laughs> no, no <laughs> worries works. yeah we sort of did uh, but... <laughs> Yeah. So as as for the Kepfer it was a seventh challenger final, back to back finals after winning Mexico City uh, last week. So an eleven win streak ended because he started in qualifying last week. This week he beat Boruchaga and the FCM in straight sets, very easy. Uh, then dropped the set to Neukrist, but one six four in the third beat Koinski in straight sets as well. Up twenty five, uh, up twenty five spots, number one hundred fifty four. What did you think of Kepfer this week?
0: Yeah, big mischance chance for uh, back to for back to back titles and like becoming the the altitude clay king. He's probably altitude clay king this year, right? I mean, he's the Marc andrea Acisler of 2022, uh, I mean of 2023. Uh, but um, certainly a missed chance because he was also like Barrios Vera was not getting anything back on his first serve, and then when he had to serve for the first set and then serve for the second set, um, yeah, uh, we all know what happened. So. Uh, In that sense, disappointing, but he still beat Neukriest again. He beat Hoinski, both seemingly fantastic on altitude clay or at least in the past two weeks. Uh, So um, especially after not winning a match before Mexico City to get 11 wins and just one loss over these two weeks is huge. And um, I wasn't really expecting him to be that good on altitude clay, but it turns out he is.
1: Yeah, somebody that's also true for is Patrick Gibson, uh, the semifinalist. uh, As a qualifier, beat Vallejo uh, and Pacheco Mendez and Atman in the main draw. He had never made a quarterfinal before on the Challenger Tour, 23 years old. Uh, He now gets to the edge of the top 400. What were your thoughts on Gibson this week?
0: Yeah, um, I guess this is just one of these uh, runs where, you know, he has an okay serve. He could control the ball in these conditions, and many of his opponents couldn't. Uh, so, um, yeah, suddenly it turned out that Patrick Gibson is also a fantastic player in these conditions, which maybe you wouldn't really be able to tell because he recently lost to Gonzalo Lama in um, Colombia, and Lama is not really having a great season. Uh, but uh, that's that has to be like Gibson's
1: best run ever, right? I haven't checked that, but yeah, yeah, um, and, uh, ne- 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 never made quarters before. Never made the quarters, uh, and even. also in qualifying, uh, he beat Popcorn Gallardo, who were who were the two big names of his run, So yeah. the main drive was all uh, lesser-known players. Yeah, the win
0: over Galarno was pretty pretty good too. Um, the the Canadian was was uh, I, I thought was doing pretty well, and as even in the main drive, I guess he proved that. Uh, beating bellier or peak and then losing to Atmane. So um yeah, and we'll see if that's any repeatable and, and in you know <laughs> conditions that are going to be different because virtually everywhere on the tour is different. So I don't think he's playing in Lyon. So um maybe maybe a multi-card as well it would be pretty similar for him, but I don't think he's playing in Lyon. Um, he was actually on the Qualities list in Sarasota and is gonna he's gonna play the green clay uh, season soon in Tallahassee and Silvana,
1: yeah. Uh, let's move on to our other semifinalist, Jan Koinski, Uh, back to back semifinals, third one already this season, so shaping up to be a very nice, nice year for Koinski. He started by beating Facundo Mena 4 6 7 5 6 2, who is the only one of the of the uh, altitude gods uh, that we get on the Challenger Tour that went absolutely dry. Uh, first yeah. round exit here, first round exit in. Mexico City to Wessler. before that he lost uh to, to Andreotzi. I mean he's he's winless on the year, uh which 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 tells you quite a bit, but a tough moment for Facundo Mena for sure at now thirty years old trying to uh grab at this ranking. So so we'll see how that goes. Uh but for koinski then he beat Reyes da Silva and Tirante. What did you think of him this week?
0: Yeah, a couple of very nasty draws for Mena because uh, with Horinski's serve and also some you know hitting with good pace, but also being pretty solid, I think he was great for these conditions. Just lost to a couple of of players who also love them: Tirante, Kepfer. Uh, he beat Tiranta in uh, in San Luis Potosi as well. Maybe it's the uh, early sort of um, because he arrived in Colombia in March and played Anapoima and Mosquera, a couple of altitude twenty five ks. Did not do well in them. Uh, he lost to Alex Barrena and also uh, a very funnily named guy Johan Alexander Rodriguez Rodriguez. And uh, <laughs> and <laughs>
1: That's maybe that. So
0: yeah, maybe he, uh, maybe he gave him, um, maybe maybe these runs gave him that sort of, um, yeah, just allowed him to get familiar with these conditions, and maybe they help, they helped him a lot here because uh, clearly in San Luis Potosi and Mexico City he was one of the best players and easily could have claimed one of these titles if he just beat Kepfer or or Tirante. So um, yeah, great run for him for sure.
1: Yeah, and over in the doubles, we had a really interesting uh, meeting here uh, that you wouldn't expect in, in San Luis Potosi. We had hmm. Sinclair and Walton uh, lift the, the trophy, first tournament together, second title for Sinclair, first title for Walton. And Sinclair's first title, of course, came earlier this year in Noumea with uh, Ruben Statham, who, by the way, uh, I saw on Twitter that the reason that why he has uh Jose like in brackets for his name mm-hmm. is just it, it it's just like a joke that he has like with his family and friends where like Jose is is his clay persona that he uses for clay matches to feel more like he can play on track. <laughs> wow
0: i mean i i knew it from his wikipedia because it just said there that uh, he's often referred to by his nickname of jose but i had no idea that this is the reason and his his twin brother is also also has a nickname like oliver
1: so um yeah. what the hell which, which so, so, so apparently the oliver one is because uh his brother was a big fan of oliver twist and decided to just go by oliver as like a regular name but with with Ruben he only uses Jose for for clay so so we got Jose Statum uh this week uh so <laughs> we had Sinclair win the title with Ruben Statum now facing Jose Stadium uh alongside Benjamin Locke uh, in this final who also made the final of Guangzhou together in August 2018 uh randomly and have not played together since I don't think at all uh, so just randomly paired each other here. Uh, so really, really fun, uh, final that we had Luis Potosi in, in the doubles. That, that's Maybe actually fantastic. Doubles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, that, that, that's just fantastic. If, if, uh, Jose Statham ever gets a big clay run, it will be a great tweet, but I don't think it's going to happen, but, um, yeah, it's good to know the background behind this, um, because we were definitely confused by his names a couple of times. Yeah, let's let's get yeah, too much into I, this.
1: I, I genuinely could believe it when I read it. I thought it was so, <laughs> I I've never heard of it of somebody having a, a clay persona or like a. I mean, a, maybe like we should adapt it. You for... know, I I
0: I generally don't um, like clay. I I think it really limits my game. So maybe I should also adapt a clay persona, and that clay persona is just going to be you know amazing, a, a Spanish grinder. While I'm going to be me. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a great idea. Rubin Statham, <laughs> yeah. thank you for being a visionary.
1: Yeah, let's get to in Upset of the Week. Yeah, uh, so let's start with Upset of the Week. I thought this was an interesting category this week. I have gone for uh, Mochizuki beating Pirosh, 6 six four, six one. 6 Pirosh had already dropped a couple of sets in the early rounds, but I guess I didn't think of Mochizuki as, as that level threat yet. Uh, because I feel like that was his his first uh, big big win that he had uh, that really shocked me. I mean, he he beat Torres, but I I guess that's that's winnable relatively. So 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 yeah, uh, him beating Piroz for me.
0: Yeah, pretty mild weak upset wise, I suppose. Uh, I see the highest score for the bookies was Durasovic over Morocanias, then Mochizuki oh. against piros I think I might go Torres over Shevchenko just because I had Shevchenko as my peak and I I, I wasn't really expecting from him like two uh, weaker runs in a row, let's say, but the match was super windy and uh, yeah, just a big, big mess. So it kind of explains it, but I I guess I will still go for it. Um, Definitely a a very moderate week in terms of upsets. Uh, We didn't really get anything crazy.
1: Yeah, no, not not that many huge favorites that we entered the, the week with. Well that that, uh, so, that, that so that's kind
0: of true. You're right. They, they're just on uh, the, the quality of the draws was a bit weaker, and maybe that that also made for the fact that there, there was there just wasn't space for, a, for any huge upsets. Uh
1: yeah, but there was space for great matches. Uh I have chosen Goyo over Yamas Ruiz. Uh I've I felt like that was the that was the best match of the week for me
0: yeah uh this is the one that i'm also going to choose um but actually in the in the twitter poll that i um and that i pulled out uh i placed two goyo matches from borne goyo goyo versus Gakov and goyo versus yamas ruiz also a couple of others of course but currently it's Goyo versus Gakov leading um by three percent i am also in the goyo versus yamas ruiz camp i actually thought it was going to be obvious uh, but well, apparently it's not. Apparently uh, more people out of the, all the 100 votes <laughs> right now. Uh, in, in, uh, so yeah, I guess with 100 votes, we can just say that 36 people voted for Goyo and Gakov and 33 for Goyo and Yamas Ruiz, which kind of surprises me. But of course, both matches were pretty excellent. And uh, yeah, in general, Borna Goyo, uh, maybe not a guy you usually want to watch on clay, but this week he had he was involved in plenty of memorable clashes.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, pe- people love a love a third to tiebreak, so so maybe that's a that's a part of it. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I feel sort of sort of an impressive showing from from Bonagoya to to go and clay and grind out some some matches, grind out all the way to a to a final. Um, but yeah, let's go to the winner picks. We have eleven for me, ten for you. You have narrowed the lead down to one. Uh, breathing down my neck. I can feel it. I'm uncomfortable. Let's read out these draws. Uh, let's start in Sarasota, where we have the top seed, Jason Kubler, playing Tung Lin Wu, and then Hong, or qualifier. Also in the section, we have Kais Bauer facing off against Tomasz Mahaj, which is a brilliant match. Uh, the winner of that will play Toby Kodat or Ryo Noguchi, a less brilliant match. Uh, <laughs> Galan facing Hyun Cheng shang uh, which I think is very exciting. it will play Jack Sock, who hinted at uh, retiring from from tennis. I don't know if you caught that after losing to Mahajin in Houston. Uh, he, he, his, he he sort of uh, walked it back afterwards, but I think that he said he, he just wasn't very happy with himself. Uh, so he plays a qualifier here, and then Galan or Also in that section, we have Oudelian playing Vukic, uh, and then the winner plays Wukarebe or a qualifier. Altmaner plays a qualifier and then Zizou Bergs or another qualifier. Uh, Emilio Gomez plays Mitchell Krueger and then Diaz Acosta or Diallo. Uh, final section we have Zhizhen Zhang as the second seed playing a qualifier and then Dennis Kudla or Enzo Cuoco. Uh Juan Manuel Serundolo plays Biro Fertangelo and then Christian Harrison or Genaro Alberto Olivieri. And the qualifying, I caught some qualifying last night. Uh, I caught Androzzi beating Ryan Harrison, 6-3, 6-3. Uh, really, really frustrating match for, for Harrison, but we have some other names in here. We have Kuzuhara, who beat Ishargi. Uh He will have to face uh, Ribakovdo, though, which will be tough. Uh, we have the aforementioned Androzzi. We also have Luka Pui, uh Dmitri Popko won his match. Uh, we also have like Donald Young, uh, Zachary Svaida. So some interesting things that could shake it up. In the doubles, we have the fun and games of Julian Cash and Henry Patton back together after after a brief uh, stint apart. Uh, some other fun teams, we have Bergs and Koakko, we have Bambi and Mineni, Kubla and Bukic are playing together, Anderuzzi and Duran are here, as well as our Goran Sonny, McLaughlin. But going back to the main draw, who do you like for the title in Sarasota?
0: Yeah, and Cash Patton finally made that ATP Tour final that we said that we would yeah. be pretty angry at them if they didn't in 2023, but they did. They lost to Purcell, Purcell Thompson, of course, uh, in uh, Houston, though. Um, yeah, um, I guess I'm not picking anyone from the qualifying. Let's see what Pui is going to do first, but um, yeah, Sarasota is just too strong to for a qualifier to win it, probably. As you said, just some insane first round matchups, you know, Kubler-Wu, Mahaj brauer kalan Shang, Vukic-Delian, I mean, especially the first uh, the top half of the draw i didn't know what you said about uh sock um i was actually like sort of hoping that this green clay season is going to be huge for him because well he could fight for the ron garros wildcard right and i thought that was going to give him a, a singles goal uh but well um i'm probably not picking him now <laughs> I, I don't think i was planning to in that in that and that sort of draw anyway I would like to pick someone from the bottom half because it seems a little weaker. I love the wildcard for Pierre Fratangelo. Uh, He's usually amazing on green clay and red clay in general. I mean, he was always one of the best Americans on clay. Uh, But when he's playing James Rundolo in the opening round, I don't know if I want to do it. You know, Bergs, which one of these guys is going to do better. I have no clue. Frankly, Jiren Zhang looks like a decent pick, but... Um, I, I kind of have this meme already on, on, on the group chat I'm, on, I'm in, um, where um, usually when Zhizhen Zhang starts playing a tournament, and it, it's happened like five times this year, uh, one of us says something like, um, well, the, this, these chords can really suit Zhizhen Zhang, right? And like explains why. And then uh, Zhizhen Zhang bombs out in the opening round, <laughs> uh, usually uh, after being set up as many of his losses this year. Um, Dream play is good for him though, so
1: I don't know, maybe, maybe we, I can we, do we it. We have seen it before, yes. Yeah.
0: yeah, maybe I can do it. I think I can, yeah. Let's go Zizhen Zhang. I just have no clue who to pick out of oh. the top half. There's just so much stuff going on there. Mahaj Brower, I mean, come on. Uh, the opening round, uh, Vukic Italian as well. And yeah, I just like the draw for Zhang quite a lot. Uh, so, um, and the conditions. <laughs> so yeah, let's go Zizhen Zhang, even
1: though he's badly out of form. Uh, that's that. That's an interesting pick. Uh, I will not be flowing into that one. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it's it's a tough draw. I, I would love to pick like Kamaj like Hatch, but I think the draw is a bit too tough with, with Brower in the opener. Kubler, who was, who hasn't been in like amazing form, uh, is in that section as well. He'll we'll see what he can do. Second section is just box office. I think anybody has a, a good argument uh, for for making it out of that section, so I'm just staying away from it altogether. And I am going back down to this fourth section, but I will be going for Juan Manuel Celundolo. Uh It is green clay, not red clay, and he he is playing for Tangelo in the opening round, which is not ideal. Although for Tangelo, I don't know if if he's really come back at uh, quite the same level. Uh, and outside of that, I think the draw is actually very nice within that quarter, where you have Christian Harrison, Kudla, Kuo, Zhang out of four. Zhang. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, I, I I think this will be fun as having two different guys in the in the
0: same quarter. Yeah, last few weeks we were expecting um, a match between our peaks, and it hasn't happened. Uh, both Shevchenko and uh went out earlier than we thought. And um, yeah, maybe this time, maybe we finally get it with Seru Dolozhang in the quarters.
1: Yeah, maybe this time. Uh, let's move on to Leon in Mexico. Hard courts, altitudes... Well, I I, th- I think there's an altitude at least. I'm, I'm, oh really yeah, sure. I mean
0: it's probably the highest um, placed uh, hardcore oh. challenger in the on the planet. Yeah, 1,800. Yeah, uh, 1, 1, so yeah, it, it is altitude, and it is gonna be crazy.
1: Oh, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, the top seed there is James Duckworth playing Skander Mansuri, uh, within phase F save or a qualifier. We then have Fikovich playing Vitaly Sachko and then Pacheco Comendes playing Terence Admane. We have Reza Olivo playing Facundo Mena who is looking for, for a run, for a win really. Uh, when we will face Dugas or Puruchaga, We don't have Antoine Escofiei playing Nicolas Mejia. When we will face Crawford or Reyes or Da Silva. Escofi has been notorious for making all these semis this year so we'll see if he can do it again. We have Tirante against Galarino in the first round here, then one of two qualifiers. Uh, Bellier will play Gomezania and then Vallejo will play a qualifier. Agnes, uh, in with a wild card, will play a qualifier and then Ayukovic or evans Zhu. Uh, Neu has been, uh, has had really great results on altitude clay, so we'll see what he can do here. Plays a qualifier and then Yun or Fernando Rubio Fieros. Um, in the qualifying, we had G Clark losing, uh, to Langmo. We have Benjamin Locke, Aiden McHugh, Mpechi Pericard. Uh, this time, Rubens uh, he, he He's put Jose to, to bed for this week. Uh, beat Bernard Tomic in, in the qualifying. Uh, Dominic Palan will, I think, will like these conditions a, a whole oh, lot. Yeah. Uh, I will see what he can do. We also have Coppola against uh, Jason Jung. I think one of those two could shake it up as well. Uh, in the doubles, we have Hakre Dugo and Luke Saddle as the top seeds. Um, we also have uh, Colin Sinclair teaming up with Benjamin Locke, who we played a final against last week, that's fun. Uh, but yeah, going back to the singles, who do you like for the title?
0: Yeah, I mean, Jay Clark, whom you mentioned, soon enough, not in Lyon, but in Morelos, he's going to be dropping half of his ranking, by the way. Uh, like Even over half of his ranking, uh, if he cannot get a win. Uh, which would place him around the top 500 uh which My uh, God. i mean it's probably not his real level
1: we like to sort of um you no know. no no i i mean like i i'll, I'll catch him at the uk pro series tournaments yeah we've seen a few
0: we've we've said some nasty things about jay clark in the past probably but that's only because he was you know um in the top 150 or like almost but he's also not ranked
1: for a very long time yeah he he was
0: overrun because he won a few weaker challengers like morelos last year when he beat menendez maseras in the final which was uh one of the wildest (laughs) ones all year but um yeah you know, top 500 that's also a stretch uh, definitely i'm very pissed at bernard Tomić. i was fully ready to pick him this week uh, i thought you know <laughs> okay altitude clay he wasn't going to do well in, but altitude hard, <clears throat> but rubin statham was too strong i mean so many of these qualifying guys can do well you know betry pericard lyle palan as he said i wasn't even thinking of him but you're absolutely right uh, marius Kopil. i think they could all win this event even potentially because it's hard to find big favorites in this one uh, is Duckworth a big one? I'm not sure, you know. He he did so well in India uh, when uh, there was also some altitude. Not as crazy as here, though. Uh, does that translate? I have no clue. Neukriest is someone I also want to pick. Bagnis, I, I don't think so. He's scheduling himself so weird. He's not even going to Europe. It seems like not fighting for Rangaros mandro He was initially sent up for the qualities here as well. Like I, 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 I don't know. Uh, I'm basically no, no, no. going back and forth between Duckworth and Neukriest, So uh, let's just go with the safe option and go Duckworth, But I have zero, zero confidence in this pick. I think it's very possible that again Leon wasn't held in 2022, but I think just like in Morelos 2022, we can get some absolute craziness in this one. No Purcell, sadly, he's gonna he's gonna play Morelos though. Um, so um if, if Purcell was in that draw, I would be picking him for sure. I'm still gonna go with the top ranked Australian, but this time it's James Duckworth actually.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's it's a, it's an interesting draw um to to say the least um, we, we do have this big big name in Duckworth with a ridiculously easy section. so I feel like I also have to pick him. I feel like you can't be too mean to to Tomek though, because I mean he's he's expecting, you know, statum he has to travel, he just put the doubles final. But then comes out a completely different guy. We you, you have you have a Jose Statement playing the doubles <laughs> final on Saturday and we Statham him showing up Sunday morning, fresh as a daisy, uh for this qualifying match. So, you know, tough tough times for for Tomek hopefully he can uh figure it out and uh, give give us a couple of wins this season. Uh, but yeah, we can move over to Madrid. Who did you pick?
0: Duckworth, Duckworth, oh, as Duckworth well. as well. Um, sorry, I must have dozed off for a moment.
1: Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> this bottle log. Uh, yeah, we, the, the, the Duckworth just just uses the as the obvious option. I mean, he's he's very good on hard courts. I wasn't expecting a lot from him on altitude clay. Attitude hard, I think, is very much in his wheelhouse, though. We, we've seen him uh, be, you know, a strong performer on, on hardcourt challengers already. That was a tougher uh, field, probably fair to say, than, than this one. Uh, his section is absolutely cake-soft, like Fikovic, Sachko, Yevseyev. come on. Mm.
0: Has to has to make the... Sachko if they play a multitude hard. I don't know. I mean, th- th- this is probably going to bring us like a super random winner and that's why we're going with the safe likely, option, yeah. I
1: suppose. Uh, Yeah, so let's go over to, uh, over to Madrid uh, where we have Pedro Cacina as the top seed playing Fernando Vedasco in an exciting first-round clash Winner will play Tim- Timofey Skatov or Alejandro Moro Canas. Also in that section, Sebastian Ofner plays a qualifier and then Alexi Krutich or Federico Ferreira Silva. Borna Goyov, fresh of that final, uh, plays Andrea Cuarini, and then Omar Jessica or Lorenzo Giustino. Uh, we have Raul Blancaccio playing uh, Tito Androge and then Milan Žekic or Ricardo Bonavio. We have Joseph Kovalik playing Martín Andaluce here with a wild card. The winner plays Nicolás Moreno or Borán. Also in the section, Francesco Passaro plays Emilio Nava and Daniela Sells or a qualifier. Final section with Alexander Shevchenko as a second seed playing a qualifier and then Miguel Damas or another qualifier. Also in the section, we have Hugo Grenier playing Marco Trujetti and Lorano Collier playing a qualifier. In um, the qualifying, who do we have here? We have Javier Mati, uh, who's, the, who's the big story, returning for the first time since the pandemic. Coached Badosa uh, in the middle there. Uh, came back with a bank six one six four win over Abdullah Shalbaik. I've, I think that's pretty impressive. Uh, we'll now face Santillan for main draw spot. Uh, we also have Durasovic, Sanchez Izquierdo, Billy Harris, Henry Squire, Daniel Rincon, a couple more names. Um, in the doubles, we have Barrientos and Behart as the top seeds. Cornea teams up with Demoliner. Uh, Igor Zanleic plays with Peternosa this week. Uh, they they play Harrison Smith, who's only beat uh, a couple of weeks ago. Brancaccio plays with Passaro. Goyo plays with Santillan, which is kind of random. Uh, but back to the main draw, who do you like for the title?
0: Yeah, can not really expect anyone from the qualies to win this, but for sure Javier Marti is the is the big story. He's going to play Akira Santhian, Um not long after we record. I'm going to try to catch this one. Maybe we'll have to watch a bit at the family table <laughs> uh, because it's, uh, well, we're recording this on Monday. And I don't know how about uh, how in your house, guys, but um, in mine, there's still some gatherings on Monday after Easter. Uh, Durasovic maybe could go well. He's very close to qualifying at the time of speaking, but probably not picking anyone out of qualifying to win it. In fact, I have a bit of a pre- prediction. I think both of us will be sort of wandering between Passaro and Shevchenko. I think Shevchenko, after the last couple of weeks, I'm not sure if I want to pick him. Uh, but I, I think if I if I will, then you're gonna pick Passaro. That's my prediction. Um, if I pick Passaro, you're not necessarily going to pick Shevchenko. That's that's also my prediction. Uh, so, um, do I want to pick Passaro or Shevchenko is my question. And I'm not sure. I mean, in Marrakesh, Passaro beat Karatsev, but I, I didn't watch the match. I read that it was terrible. <laughs> and then he lost to Miller, which doesn't fuel me with, fuel me with confidence. But the, the section is amazing. And the section is pretty good for Shevchenko as well. Uh, just, uh, yeah, he lost to Torres, he lost to Miller as well. I guess both of my guys lost to Miller recently. I just wonder which one of them is more of a lock to get into the semis and potentially maybe play each other who would win if they uh, if they meet. I have absolutely no clue. In fact, give yeah. me uh give me a second. Um maybe I have a coin somewhere around here. Um <laughs> I don't think I do. I do have um oh, I will, I I do. Yeah, i don't know how much you could hear there because i was uh, far away from the mic but i do have a coin um, and i will throw it so uh let's say uh heads and tails let's say heads is shevchenko and tails is Passaro. i'm gonna throw the coin and i got yeah that's actually heads so i said heads is shevchenko right so i'm picking shevchenko yes
1: yeah i'm putting you down for an order of alexander shevchenko for the week I wouldn't want it personally. Uh, I don't know why you <laughs> painted yourself into this corner uh, <laughs> where, where you're forced to to pick a player who that does have a nice draw, but I I think form wise uh, has left uh, some to be to be desired uh, since his Phoenix run, lost to in Miami, Muller in Sanremo, Torres last week in Badleta. Yeah, I'm I'm not convinced by Shevchenko. You said that I'd be going Shevchenko or Passaro, and I'm actually going a completely different direction okay. with uh, Sebastian Ofner. I'm so not as predictable as you thought. Uh, I like Ofner's section quite a bit, actually. Krutik has been uh, dusty in, in, in his form. Uh, Kachin has has not been amazing either. So I think Ofner, with all these finals that he has, I think it's time for him to finally get his first title this season.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm surprised he didn't pick Passaro, Uh, but well, uh maybe he maybe he will do that. Ofnet is of course a pretty sound choice. He's in good form. Um, I don't know, just something about him feels like he cannot possibly put these consistent results, you know, deep runs just every single time. But that that's uh, you know, that's a very personal, uh subjective feeling. So I totally get the pick as well.
1: Uh, yeah, as so we move on to our final event uh, split, which I think has the the strongest field uh, that we have this week, which is pretty fun. So let's start with Christopher O'Connell as the top seed uh, playing a qualifier, also facing, well, then facing Evan Furness or another qualifier. Mattia Bellucci is the seventh seed playing a qualifier. And then Dino Prismich or Santiago, or Santiago Farodig de Vedna. That'll be a fun matchup. Fun section overall. Uh, we have Marojan against Pirosh, uh, lots of fun as well. Winner facing Mochizuki or Harold Mayo. Uh, Kaichi Uchida is the eighth seed, playing a qualifier in the Gabriel Debru or Manuel Ginat. Uh, Lukas Klein plays Matevalkus, another brilliant matchup. Uh, winner facing Maestrelli or Medjedovic, also fun. Uh, Norbert Dombosch faces Flavio Koboli, which is a big, big first round for, for both. Also <laughs> fun. <laughs> also fun. I mean it, it, it's 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 a fun it's a fun draw for sure. Uh, winner plays Nabone or a qualifier. Final section, we have Rodionov playing Mark Polman's, and then Idukovic or Ivanovsky, one of two wild cards. Uh, we have Misolic playing Nikolas Davidionel and then Kimer Kopejans or a qualifier. And then in the qualifying. We have the big hitters. We have Radu Albot already qualifying past Jerem Iyan. Uh, we have Elias Imer also in qualifying. We have Atur Kazo also in qualifying. Kazo or Juan Baltista Torres. Uh, Dane Sweden has also qualified. We'll also get potentially Kasper Juk, uh, him or Sederusic, and then Fatic or Hassan. Um, over in the doubles, we have Dunga and then Nebul as a top seeds. Great to see them back. Yebavi and Szkugor are the third seeds playing Mochanov and Żuk. That's a fun matchup. Uh, we have Duncan and Willis uh, in here as well. Uh, but yeah, going back to the singles, who would you like for the title in split?
0: Yeah, I think it's pretty clear that it's going to be a final between the last two defending champions. Uh, Christopher O'Connell and Kasper Żuk. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I'm I'm not serious with that, but um, I would love it, of course, but I think Jukos Tarnarušić is definitely not an easy match for Katsper Tarnarušić. Has been on well improving in the past couple of months, and uh, despite winning this event in uh, 2021, I still think like the higher the level, the um, the worse it will the worse it will be for and Clay probably. But, um, yeah, let's look at this draw and think about it. Um, Misolic, of course, not really in form, playing Kopeyans as well in the second round. That's not good. Um, Rodionov sounds like a very sensible choice. He was in a story and lost very easily to Katsmanovich, I think. Uh, but he still beat Ramos Vinolas, you know, and seemed to have. Taken it to clay, pretty okay, at least in one match. Marosha and Pirosh, as you said, it's a fantastic first round match. I don't want to pick out of this, definitely not. Uh, very likely that one that the winner of this match makes it to the semis, of Umochizuki in the second round maybe it could be tough. He's already beaten Pirosh. Mattia Berucci also need, needs wins. Chris O'Connell, of course, is as as good a pick as you can really do here. Probably even despite like Prismic in his section and Berucci. Uh, I mean it probably has to be Chris Oconnell. I'm I'm trying to keep myself from doing that. Although Rodionov it sounds pretty sensible as well. I think it it's gotta be O'Connell though. He is defending the title, so I don't think he's gonna like withdraw at the last minute or something like that, which possibly could be an option if like he wasn't the top one you know he's in the top one hundred, he's playing a Challenger seventy five and etc. But since he's defending his title, I don't think he will. Klein really needs a run, but you know, playing Valkus and then Maestrelli or it's not like not a nice opening, but if he could do it, it could it could even lead to him taking the title, maybe. But I think I still have to go with O'Connell. It would just be kind of stupid not to, maybe. Um, and we have the theoretical chance. We won't know it until um, the, the qualifying finishes. But there is a chance for O'Connell and Albot, so the two highest ranked players in the field, uh, to play in the opening round. Which happened uh, last year at an Italian challenger between Passaro and Ugo Carabelli when Ugo Carabelli was coming uh, was um, playing through the qualifying. So uh, maybe that happens because uh, O'Connell faces a qualifier regardless where uh, Radu Albot lands. Uh, you know the other guy is not gonna be happy about it, even though Alboton Clay is not that dangerous. So yeah, I, I'm picking O'Connell. I wanted to throw a coin again because, well, I already have it here, but nah, <laughs> I, I'm just not gonna do it. If I was throwing a coin, I would probably go between the top two seats, but I, i'm I'm still gonna go with O'Connell. I just think uh, yeah, he's the overwhelming favorite for the title.
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, quick quickest head on Klein, do you feel like we we cursed him when we when we told him that he has <laughs> to defend like <laughs> ten points? until until the end of may and now he has just not generally we started
0: of did um when i was uh, like the, the list i had on my uh of the top 100 debuts for 2023 i didn't like there were just numbers but um i wrote an article related to that also for a polish website and i um, yeah, just had some groups, sort of. I grouped these players, and I put three, yes, yeah. like absolute hundred percent, they make it. And these were Ibing Wu, Luca Vanash, and Lucas Klein.
1: <laughs> this could go very wrong. This could go very wrong at this point. Big, big April, big April is, is what you need to see from yeah. here. Uh, Otherwise, yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 tough because first he he just played really poorly. Then he had this, like, match with Greek Sport where he came very close to winning it in, in Davis Cup. And then since then, I feel like he's been, he's been getting close. He had a third set tiebreak loss close to Delor, Five-seven in the third to Ilkel. Third set tie loss to Eubanks. So I feel yeah. like he... Some ridiculous been, draws in the in the last couple of events,
0: days. basically. Yeah, but, I mean playing the Delors back to back, one of the best players of the early indoor challenger season. Goffin in Marseille, and as you said, Miami. He he didn't do anything wrong there. So, yeah, he's been quite unlucky in the past couple of months. Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, and so now Valkos with Valkos is fit. That's that's tough as well. I am joining you on the Chris O'Connell pick. Um, of, of course, with with how good the qualifiers are, it is very difficult to say anybody is a good draw because he could face Albot, Imer, because yeah. all of those could be his first-round opponents. Uh, but outside of that, Furness in that section, uh, I quite like, but it, it's, it's it's quite tough all around. Uh, when you look at it, I don't really share your optimism on, on Rodionov. I feel like he will... Lose the copians sure. I, I'll, I'll go with that. Um, but yeah, oh, O'Connell defending champion. That run, by the way, that he had last year in in here was uh quite quite insane looking back. I just remember just... him beating Piros via retirement, <laughs> that's, that's the yeah, only so that's all that's really much I remember. So, so before that, first round he beats oh. Barer, then he beats Klein, and then he beats Kasper Zhuk, the defending Juk, champion. right? And now yeah. in the semis. And then he gets that retirement from from Pirov in the final, but a, a, a really strong lineup of players that we're looking at it from you know one year onwards. True, sure. uh, but yeah, hope hopefully he will he will make it so we both get to add a point. Yeah, we pick the same
0: guys into events. Kind of boring. Uh, the top seeds, and Australians. Yeah, we clearly love Australians. Uh, did we pick an Australian in any other? I don't think we did, right? We we picked Zhang and Serundolo in Sarasota, and there was also yeah, um, Shevchenko. Shevchenko and um, yeah, Oftner. There was there yeah. there were there was an opportunity maybe you know in Sarasota we could have Vukic, gone for Vukic, yeah.
1: and I guess we could have gone for Je- Jessica in in Madrid, I
0: think, um, or or where is he? Yeah, we we Where's weren't Madrid? we weren't gonna pick Omar Jessica to win Madrid, I think. <laughs> anyway um yeah thanks guys for being here this week thanks for listening until the end and of course we're gonna meet in seven days to discuss the events of sarasota leon madrid and split frankly i think i would have forgotten madrid but since you said it like uh <laughs> 10 seconds ago uh thankfully i was okay uh thanks again
1: see you later bye